Let's face it, we've evolved. Welcome to Revisit and Ruin, the show where we revisit something from our childhood and most likely ruin our memories of it. I'm your host, Max, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, CM. Hi, CM. Hola, como estas? I don't speak Spanish. How was your week? Uh, How was your months? My months, I've been busy, Yeah. working a lot, making the cash money, the coins, you yeah. know. I, I do the greens. Know. Yeah, we have to afford this podcast. I don't know what podcast. else you call money. Uh, cheddar. Capitalism. That bling, though. Uh, I don't have any You just bling. call it straight capitalism? Here, take my capitalism. I'd like to make some capitalism, please. <laughs> how much? How many capitalisms is this? Um, well, I'm glad you've been working. <laughs> You're a comedian. Okay. You're glad I've been working? I'm glad you've been working so we can pay our bills. This is true. Because we don't get paid. Yeah, we have to afford uh, things for our dog. Um, hi Yoda. As always, Yoda's here, our dog. You might hear him trampling around. Yeah. The audio might sound a little different, guys. We are experimenting with a different audio source. Upgrade. There went that money. Hopefully it sounds better. Let us know. Write in at revisitandruin at gmail.com or leave us a review saying your audio sucks. Remember that email? Um, CM, uh, should we just get into, uh, what we watched this week? Yeah. What, what did we, we watch? Oh, I was going to ask you. What okay. did we watch? Well, can you guess? It's 1993. <laughs> Am I supposed to guess what we watched? <laughs> I'll, I'm going to be honest. I don't know. Even okay. now, I don't know what we fair watched. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so we watched the film, the animated feature film. I, I don't want to say feature length because it's not a feature length. The feature length, I would assume, is like a two hour. And this was like an hour and ten. Yeah, an hour and some change. Yeah. Uh, it is... We're back. A dinosaur story. Anybody know that one? Huh? Huh? You know what's funny? Do you, did you remember that movie before I mentioned it? Because it was my idea. Here's the funny thing. So I have thought um, this entire time, I think my entire childhood, that this movie, uh, Whoopi Goldberg was in this movie. No, that's Page Master. No, 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 no. I think, I could be wrong, Are but I think there is a movie where Whoopi Goldberg is a cop. befriends an animated dinosaur. He's not animated. Are you sure? He's animatronic. Oh. Because I've seen that. Well, that's, that's... one we're going to have to watch now. That's the movie I thought we were watching, and I thought that that movie was this movie. This is, no. I mean, for... We're talking... I mean, by this point... Since, like, 93, most likely. No. If I remember correctly, that Will Be Goldberg film is, like, the far future where dinosaurs are still around, and now they've made them intelligent, and she's a detective-slash-cop working with, like, this Detective Rex guy... Hmm. It's about as weird as it sounds. I mean, this movie was pretty weird. It's up there with the Mario Brothers. It's along those lines. I, if if it hasn't if it hadn't been overdone like just so much by this point, I would say let's do Super Mario Brothers. It's They're just gonna do it eventually. So much. They did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh no, I'm saying us to like go back oh, and watch oh. it. You know, fair enough. But no, we watched. We're back. A dinosaur. A dinosaur story. And so this particular film was a screenplay written by John Patrick Shanley. Yeah, that was the first weird thing. After watching the film now without revealing anything too soon, the way that it's written, if they hadn't said that it was John Patrick Shanley, you would not have known it was John Patrick Shanley. Because this is a guy that before that had done the big, I would say the, the two, well, 
three most recognized films he's written is first Moonstruck mm. with Cher and Nicolas Cage, okay, which is very him. Italians, I love it. You're gonna die when you hear the second one. Congo. <gasps> yes. <laughs> what did she say? What did the monkey say? Or the bad gorillas. Bad. I'm doing hand motions, guys. Imagine you the don't hand see motions. It. Bad gorillas. And I'm Tim Curry. <laughs> oh man, what a good movie. <laughs> Was it Tim Curry and um Tim Curry, um Laura, uh, no Laura Linney. Laura Linney. Um, and then the guy from Nip Tuck. Oh, He's so a nice, good. That family That's guy a good from movie. Yeah. But anyway, so he did that, and, and then cool he J. also adapted his play to a film, Doubt. With Philip Seymour oh. Hoffman and Meryl Streep. Yeah, that was years later. You know, that was years later. So it's you were if you were to watch this, you'd go, "What? Why?" It's weird. It seems like when you look at his lineup of stuff, it kind of falls in the middle somewhere. Where you're like, "Did he need the extra cash?" Well, or was he trying to connect? Because the next thing I was going to mention was that the movie itself was produced by like a power trio. Essentially, it was Steven Spielberg, Kathleen Kennedy, and Frank Marshall. You Google, you Google, or IMDb any of those three names, and those always come back to one another because they're they produced Jurassic Park, ET, all these huge films together. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing. Well, I don't know what came first, if it was the script or if they, you know, like got him to do this movie, and you know, he wrote it based off of this idea from most likely Spielberg. Spielberg at the time was just like jerking off dinosaurs Spewing constantly ideas. well they were they were doing this at the same time as they were doing jurassic park that's what i'm saying like yeah. it's so bizarre so this is 93 and then jurassic park came out in 93 it's so weird he had an entire well this movie most likely preceded jurassic park i mean by a little bit you think an animated film usually has a you know a longer production schedule more pre-production true, true. even though the amount of well you know to be honest, I have no idea. It's been going oh. for a while because I remember in my research I saw that Jay Leno had recorded a voiceover for it like three years before the film was made. Yeah. So it had been floating around for quite a while. It's just so bizarre. Like his his movies, what came before it? Like Schindler's List? And then I'm going to have a year of dinosaurs because I'm oh. depressed. Like, Wait, was Schindler's List before Jurassic? I don't know. Oh... Let I, us you know, know, guys. We're trying not to Google too much during this, so yeah. there's not too much dead space. So you guys can be, like, the answers to a lot of our own questions. I mean, it's natural. You usually watch Jurassic Park during Jewish History Month anyway. They're kind of part and parcel. Shana Tova. So, Shana Tova. I actually, I, I was trying to pull any kind of Jewish prayer, but sure. I, I couldn't get it. It was pretty close, though. Oh, man. Oh, God. <laughs> Speaking of Jewish prayer, the music was written, and this is like probably the only audible reason why I went, oh, <laughs> when I saw his name. It was the music was written by James Horner, who I guess at some point they didn't credit music writers, but when you look at his like credits now, it says uncredited for, for music for a lot of huge films. Mm. So, like, he wrote music for Cocoon, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, probably Max's favorite, The Rocketeer. I've never seen The Rocketeer. <gasps> I've never seen it. Oh, no, you probably saw the, the Phantom guy. Oh, wait, you mean The Phantom? The Phantom, It's yeah. not The Phantom guy. Yeah, it's I know what you mean. The Phantom. Okay, but the two that I recognize his name from are Titanic and Avatar. Wow, amazing. <laughs> He's a great music writer, but anyways. Um, so that's who wrote the music, but he also wrote some Star Trek music. 
Just throwing that out there. It's way um, too early in episode let's for get, a Star Let's Trek get reference. to the synopsis. I'm going to give you like a brief little rundown of what the synopsis is. Max can correct me if anything is unclear. Just try to read it in a normal voice. Completely normal. Here okay. we go. Captain New Eyes. Is that normal enough for you? That's pretty normal. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Captain New Eyes travels back in time to feed four dinosaurs named Rex, Elsa, Dweeb, and Woog. His brain grain cereal, which makes them intelligent, nonviolent, or you could say docile. Is that a word? Did you write this? I did. Is this like a character you're doing? No. Oh. Was docile too big of a word for me? Are you are you self-correcting the synopsis at the moment? Or did you actually write this? Like this is part no, of No, I script. wrote this. And I was like, docile sounds like the correct word for this. Oh, so you're, you are self-correcting your own yeah, I am. blurb that you wrote. <laughs> cool. That's, that's exciting. Continue. Okay. I guess I'm good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they travel to the future. Um, where they befriend a street-smart boy named Louie and a wealthy but neglected girl named Cecilia, my favorite character. <laughs> they all want adventure and fun at the circus, but at what cost and when it's run by the demented Professor Screw-Eyes? Very vague, I know. Well, not actually uh, incorrect. What's incorrect? It, it, it goes into a different place. Correction. Let me let me correct your blurb. That's what I was waiting for. Here Only we go. the kid wants to go to the circus. Uh, the dinosaurs are him. supposed to go to the Natural History Museum. Correct. That's but we it. haven't gotten there yet. No, that's they the, get like, the beginning of the movie. It is, but they get detoured to help Louie. Yeah, but you said they all want to because go to the circus. Because Louie's biggest dream, bigger than a dinosaur, is that he wants a friend. But we're not there yet. Yeah, but your blurb... Your synopsis is misleading. Yeah, it's totally misleading. It's it's in it's factually incorrect. Like a really good trailer. No, like a horrible trailer, like oh. a, a terrible oh. trailer. That was not a good. Oh. You've had some good ones. That I know. was not a I'm good sorry. one. Okay, fine. It's okay. Fine. fine. Anyways, so before we get into it, I just want to reveal some amazing voiceover talent that's in this because we're all about these voice talents. One of them happens to be one of Max's favorites. Oh, you must. You. I mean, I assume you're talking about John Goodman. Ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. So, I mean, I, it's not Walter Cronkite. Uh, <laughs> thanks for ruining my reveal. Walter Cronkite. <laughs> so uh, John Goodman plays Rex, who's like the main dinosaur. You guys would know him from like, at least if we're talking terms of our show, looking back in time a little bit for us. It's like Roseanne and Flintstones, the live action film. <laughs> and the style of the dinosaur, you would know him from the never, in, uh, not the never ending story, uh, The Land Before Time. Because he looked before he, you know, basically oh, the was, was force-fed the cereal. Yeah. He looked like the T-Rex from Land Before, Before Time. Time. Same yeah. producing house? Uh, I think, I I think say Spielberg had something to do with Land Before Time. I'm yeah. pretty sure he did. We're going to say he did. Yeah. Uh, so then what, what Max stole a little bit of my thunder. Shut Walter up. Walter Cronkite. 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 Oh, my God. Cumkrite. I'm tongue-tied right now. <laughs> Walter Cumkrite. Um, there are good Christian folks listening to this. And stop listening. <laughs> Close your ears. <laughs> She's on the train right now. She's like, red. They mentioned me. They mentioned me. Anyways, people are going to want to meet Anne eventually. She'll okay. be part of the meet and greet. Okay, let's stay on track. All right. All right. Walter Cronkite is Captain New Eyes, who's like the scientist from the future, who has good intentions. Martin Short... Is a clown. Is a clown named Stubbs. I'm guessing a reference to tickets. I don't know. That's what I thought. Julia Child. Oh, that was a that was. It's pretty cute. That she does fantastic. a good job considering it's her first acting role ever. You know what's funny? So you had only. you had that moment where you know like the the guy who made the music 
came up and you were like, oh, you know, I was like, all right, calm down. And then I saw Julia Child's name. And I was like, oh, you're like, what could she possibly be doing? Yeah. What she was doing, like the best role she could do in this, which is Dr. Bleeb, who's kind of a kooky scientist from the Natural History His Museum. Names were terrible. Trying to track down the dinos. Like it gets to the point where like you don't know, you don't remember anyone's name yeah. because their names are just sounds. It's like, oh, you know, hello, CM Uvla. What? Like if you were a character in this movie, oh, you'd be oh. like, Uvla. Oh. <laughs> oh. So come and see me sometime. So this is gonna be my favorite part because I'm assuming Max didn't do any research. No, I just I like playing it off the cuff. Good. Okay, so I'm gonna entitle this, I guess, the man you didn't know you knew. So there's one character I haven't said who plays him, and it's Professor Screw Eyes, who's voiced by Kenneth Mars. Does that name ring a bell? <laughs> no, I hope this is going somewhere so exciting. If this is a fucking Star Trek reference, no, I no, swear no. to no, God. No, no, no. Actually, I'm um, looking at it real quick. No, there's no Star Trek <laughs> reference. Good. But a lot of good ones that everyone's going to go, oh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Oh, and get ready. You're going to start, start actually, saying, she oh my really, gosh. Actually, she really real like this. I think most people will, including my brother. James. Shadow? Oh, they can track you now. Ah! Oh. Anyways, so Kenneth Mars um, was Max McKen from Superman. Do you know that? It's Max. He's, uh, okay. So Max McKen, he did, there was a Broadway musical called It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman from 1975. This Broadway musical was turned into a TV adaptation, and he played this character. I thought that was going to ring a bell for Max. It didn't. He doesn't know this character. It might have been made up for the Broadway musical, and I'm not nerd enough to know. Here's the thing. When it comes to It's a Bird, It's a Plane, the musical of Superman, just like the musical of Batman from way back when that most people don't know about. Yeah. If you talk to any comic book nerd nowadays, that's not part of canon. It doesn't... Nobody gives a shit. So it was one of his few acting roles in the beginning. But this led him to being Inspector Kemp in Young Frankenstein. Mm, Okay. So that's that actor. That's cool. He played Franz Liebken in The Producers. So he had a relationship with Mel Brooks. Correct. Which is pretty darn cool. And then one of my favorite things that I literally gasped when I read this, he voices King Triton in Disney's Little Mermaid. I was like, what?! And then he also did a slew of voiceover work for cartoons that we watched, like Dark Queen Duck, Bobby's World, Tailspin, Tiny Toon Adventures, Captain Planet, Rugrats, Thumbelina the Movie, Batman the Animated Series, and in a live-action TV show, Will and Grace as Uncle Sid. Wow. Isn't that random? I, I mean, mean, this man, and this career. is just, these are just little things that I picked out that I thought would ring bells. Yeah. There is so much on there. Like, he did tons of TV work. I mean, everything from Twilight Zone to, yeah. um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Magnum P.I. Like, he's been in everything, this dude. Yeah. So that's cool. why I said the man you didn't know you knew. Wow, what an exciting Pretty cool segment, segment, right? Such a cool segment. Thank you. Yeah. I worked really hard on Let's that. Let's do it every episode. All right. So every here. movie has the man you thought you knew, but you didn't know. Is that what, that's what the segment was called, the right? The man you didn't know you knew. The man who knew, who didn't know, Which you might want to say person, because then it's kind of sexist if it's a woman. I mean, I can fully commit to that. It's 2019. Yeah, Anne would approve. She doesn't like women. Oh my God, she's going to be mad at you for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to slap him for We're you. We're back. <laughs> All right, so here's our our number one oh, question we always ask. 
did you watch this movie as a kid? God, you are. And what's your memory of it? Jeez, I was about to ask you that question. All right, well, you get the Um, second question. I mean, as I mentioned, I thought Whoopi Goldberg was in this movie, so obviously I did not watch this movie. You're so wrong. It is not the color purple animated. I would. If you were to mix the color purple, um, another movie I've never seen with this movie, I would be the first in line. It would be the first in line. It would be my favorite movie of all time. Color purple. With dinosaurs? dinosaurs. So animated dinosaurs specifically. So they would come to help Seely, is what you're saying? I don't know. You they would, know the they would all so. travel through time together in the arc. Um, I'm assuming that you watched this movie. Absolutely. Okay. Um, that explains a I, lot. I don't remember this being as dark or sad or as completely random as it was. Okay. This movie is do we i i honestly forget do we say how we feel about the movie do we wait until the end well we say how we feel at the very end okay. the next question that we ask ourselves is re-watching this now what um what's your first impression oh yeah okay cool this movie's weird i could see it in his face as we were watching it i kept looking over at max to see his reaction because i felt a certain way as i was watching it that was different from how i felt when i was a kid oh man and i was looking at him to see how he had felt because you i'm assuming had never seen it yeah again i've never seen this never seen this i thought Whoopi goldberg was in this movie this is the third time saying it i've never seen this movie i'm a little in shock yeah okay here's the deal this movie is bizarre um first off the script it feels like they are referencing like the Bible, Lucifer, God, and then they go into oh. like like the idea of fear and hope and dreams, and it is almost it's way all over too the deep. place. And then all of a sudden, John Goodman as this dinosaur breaks out into song, and he's like tap dancing, and you're just like, I don't know who this movie is for. It is so all over the place. You sound like you just described the animated movie Nemo, uh, which I love. Nemo. There's a story I about mean, a little boy. It's like oh, a really dark like animated Nemo movie. in Dreamland? Yes. Oh, I've never oh, seen it. Oh, it's so beautiful. Well, this 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 movie is all over the place. It's so bizarre. It I could not tell you if a child should watch this movie. I know that like our nephew would would be at the age of like what does that sound? Would be <laughs> a like goat. we have a goat here. Yeah. Uh the goat. Greatest of all time, bitch. Uh I missed that reference. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I don't know who this movie is for. Uh, it was bizarre, and it made me uncomfortable in many moments that we will get into. I will get but, into. But can we agree that the animation is beautiful in certain points? N- in certain points, Especially sure, for hand-drawn. But it's not the greatest animation I've ever seen. For, no. for Steven Spielberg's name, especially at this time, to be attached to it, I'll be honest with you, I was expecting a lot better. And it's coming after Five Goes West, yeah. which is like, Gorgeous, gorgeous animation. Like, you kind of fucked yourself. Um, yeah, I didn't think even the animation was, like, really a, a super high point for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, the music was not great. Um, the characters were forgettable. Uh, he says music, but it's not in terms of like a musical. This isn't a musical by any means. There's only one song in the entire thing, which we'll get to. Yeah. Um. So let's start breaking it down. Are you cool with that? Let's break it down. Let's break it down for you. Go break it down. So it starts off with this really out of place prologue, if you will. Oh, with the birds. Yeah. So there's this blue bird, this little tiny bird who's kind of the runt of the pack, the butt of the joke among his siblings, and his name is Buster. And he's an Italian, like, New Yorker-voiced oh character, Everyone... which you end up realizing is, like, an, a reference to Louie, who's a kid that we meet a little bit later. 
but he we meet this guy who wants to escape his 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 i guess sucky childhood well it's just it, it no, honestly these characters don't matter well let's totally they don't just skip not at all them. so here's Basically, the thing so he meets rex the dinosaur who's playing golf outside of his treehouse literally and rex the dinosaur starts the story of how he yeah. became this smart and docile dinosaur the whole, the whole movie is just a uh, just a flashback in essence oh um, uh, yeah yeah so correct. you know yeah it, it's super bizarre you don't really know like if you're in the real world like where where we are in the beginning these birds don't matter this kid this kid talks like this everyone from new york talks like this i'm a bird <laughs> my brothers make fun of me oh jeez. it's like you see like, jizz no i said oh jeez. like tony, oh. he basically is like little kid bird version of tony danza i feel bad for the bird <laughs> No, I just realized I forgot somebody that you really you pointed out during the movie. Okay, say them quickly so that we can move on. Who is Cecilia voiced voiced by? Oh, uh, Yardley Smith, who plays Lisa Simpson. There we go. Yeah, Sorry, nailed it. As soon as he mentioned it during the movie, I couldn't stop hearing Lisa Simpson. I mentioned it at the very end of the movie. You had maybe like three lines left, but where I s- you couldn't not hear Lisa Simpson. <laughs> Get over it. But anyways, on. okay, back on track. All right, so now so, now we are in the Triassic period, or the Jurassic period. Sure, uh, Jurassic yeah. period. Yeah. Yeah, so we meet a scary T-Rex <laughs> who's, like, basically hunting for dinner, and he meets an alien creature thing. He gets uh, abducted and anally probed. There's no anal in this. There was definitely some fisting going on. Um, with cereal into his mouth. Are you there purposely were, no, were trying hands. to derail this? They were hands that like force fed him. They fisted the cereal into his mouth. Oh my god! Am I wrong? No. <laughs> there you go. So the movie is oddly violent in certain sections where you're sitting there going oh, far too what? sexual, and there's a lot of not purposeful referencing, but like some of the language in it and some of the physicality of the cartoons is overtly sexual. It is so uncomfortably sexual. Yeah. But not, this is not, I'm, I'm slightly joking about the fisting in his mouth, even though technically that does No, happen. they're just shoving it into his mouth. Shoving basically it force feeding him cereal. Some people are into But that. anyways, so this alien introduces uh, our T-Rex to Captain New Eyes, who is a scientist who created the brain grain cereal, who also happened to create the wish radio. Yeah. Oh, and then by this point we've met the other three dinosaurs who were abducted and forced into this life that they didn't ask for. Correct. So they're all smart now. There are four dinosaurs that are all smarty pants. And they're and when we meet the other three, they're eating this like mountain of hot dogs, which here's my And two of the dinosaurs. Yeah, here's my first issue. I'm pretty sure you saw this on IMDB, but I knew this immediately. A uh, triceratops was an herbivore. Yeah. And then the the stupid one, Dweeb? Why did they name him Dweeb? Dweeb is also an herbivore. Like, don't have and they them, had them eating, eating hot, hot dogs. dogs. Yeah. It, you could you have them eating branches still, being like, yeah, you know, we're smart. I still like leaves. I made a salad. Yep. Oh, and then immediately we meet the pterodactyl, and she is like, look at my vagina. She's very inappropriate. She literally, like, her wings are only used to reveal her vagina. She's like, Rex, I like your stature. Look at my vagina. And she lays herself across him. It's, it's like, so it's too weird. much. It's so weird. Yeah. But I anyways. Mean, I'll power to you, but yeah. not in this movie. So at this point, after he's met his friends and he's met Captain New Eyes, Captain New Eyes now tells him the reason for why they're there, why he's created this narcotic of brain cereal. 
It's because of this wish radio that he has he that he's... It, he called it narcotic brain cereal. Because there's a lot of drugs in this, apparently. Yeah, so he's given them this drug, essentially, via cereal. <laughs> via, via cereal. Yeah. And the reason why he's done this and gone all the way into the past was because his wish radio revealed that children around the world, their greatest wish in, in all of life was to meet a dinosaur. Yeah, but then scattered throughout, it's like, I want a hat! I want a friend! Yeah. I want my dad to stop yeah. beating me! Well, they show Louie at the end of the string of characters that Rex has um, an attraction to. <laughs> yeah, immediately. Um, immediately. Mm-hmm. And Louie, um, Louis, the little boy, says, I, I wish I had a friend, or I want a friend. And Rex feels bad for him. And that's what gets Rex... Um, Erect. No. Erect. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's what... <laughs> That's what brings him into wanting to help. And so all these dinosaurs agree to help Captain New Eyes help these children by realizing their wishes and their dreams. Not telling him what, he doesn't tell them what that entails. He's just like, you know what? You're going to New York. You're going to the future. I'm going to dump you there. Your mission is to go to the Natural History Museum. You're going to meet Dr. Bleep. Stay away from my brother who's wacky as shit screw eyes yeah. and that's it yeah. that's it well, that's all he well, says that's, that's the thing i think at one point they realized like wow kids aren't gonna understand what the hell is happening let's just stick exposition everywhere yeah but it, that, it doesn't help the story no not at all there but there is no story like there's, there's no barely any plot so out of nowhere they travel into the future and he just drops these dinosaurs in the water okay here's what i love about this movie plot? I, I thought about this okay so here's here's what Doctor New Eyes, Doctor New Eyes, New, whatever the whatever the weird old New name. Eyes. At the beginning. It's as, as stupid of a name as you think. New Eyes, Captain New Eyes, Captain New Eyes. Here's here's what he wants to do. He's like dinosaurs. Go to the Natural History Museum uh, and find this doctor, and we're good. We're all set. We're good. Don't that's, that's don't the find good my plan. brother. Don't find my brother. Yeah. He decides to drop them in the middle of the Hudson. Is it the Hudson? Yeah. So much of the geography of New York is a little yeah. wacky. He in drops this. them in the Hudson and. They they land on Louis's raft. Louis, for some reason, is like Elian Gonzalez, He's, like like rafting. Like from, who the hell is in the middle of the Hudson? I don't know. With a man-made raft that looks like Tom Sawyer. It's so bizarre. It's like he's he's escaping Brooklyn like escape from new york style oh yeah and like the dinosaurs land on him almost kill him and he's like totally cool immediately it would have been funnier if it was built at a car parts and he had said that he was escaping jersey yeah i mean honestly any any it's anything would have been less weird but like why not just drop them at the natural history museum that's like, too easy there's no there's no room for story yeah but i'm just however saying, bad the story is like this this doctor invented this this cereal that makes things smart. Okay, and then he just drops them. Drop them at the museum. The least smart place he put them you, is the water. But also, like like the T Rex can't swim. Did do you think he did it because he intended? I'm gonna be devil's advocate. Do you think he intended it so that he can meet Louis? Because he landed right there by Louis, if, and when Louis needed a most kind of situation. If he did, he's an enabler. You're an enabler. Uh, Total enabler. My favorite because doctor. Because honestly, the relationship between Rex and Louis is immediately a problem. Yeah. I don't like it. I think but Michael also, Jackson, honestly, when he was like oh, looking God. for, you know, his story story for, for court, he was like, I'm going to watch this movie. You know, we want, we're going to make kids' dreams come true. Everything I do is totally fine. 
if I touch them, it's fine. If you can see my face, I'm cringing really hard right now. No, you're plotting. He's he's dancing. Oh, I'm dancing? Really? He's, he's doing the moonwalk. Oh, Jesus. He's doing the moonwalk. So what bothers me, not as much, but equally maybe, is that Louis is completely unfazed. He's not scared of these four, not just one, and, and regardless of the fact that it's a T-Rex that's fallen out of the sky, four large dinosaurs have fallen out of the sky right in front of him, and he's like, hey... Get off my boat! <laughs> like, what? Yeah, because he's from Brooklyn. Freak? He's like, I've seen worse in Brooklyn. Uh, get off he my boat. He was like rift. a child De Niro. It was kind of funny. <laughs> I thought Tony Danza. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got De Niro being yeah. Danza. Because okay. he constantly was acting like the boss. All right. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so they land on his raft. So they, they land, land on this kid. They, they get to land eventually. Louie helps the... Somewhere along the line, Rex falls back into the water as they're trying to get up on the pier. I think he's just like, he looks up at the buildings and then he just falls backwards. And then he just falls. There's no cause for him to fall. Yeah. But he almost drowns this massive Rex because I guess he has small arms. He can't really paddle out. I don't know. And Louis saves his life. All right. So now that Louis saved his life, now they feel like they're bonded and he wants to help Louis. So now the four dinosaurs. He looks at them real weird. It's like and a, he like puts his oh, hand yeah. on his shoulder. He appears in like, like a bubble. Yeah, and he's like, "I'm your friend. <laughs> Let me touch you." Oh my god! It's so weird. Here's the thing, guys. I'm joking. Like I, I am joking. I'm exaggerating it, but it is one of those things that is so uncomfortable. Like you could never have the, the sequence in a movie nowadays. It is. It is almost as bad as um. Uh, what was? What's the? Oh my god! What's that what? Disney movie with the dragon? Pete's dragon with that song. That's like that's exactly that relationship in this. It is it's just as weird. So uncomfortable. And we're talking Pete's Dragon, the original Disney film, not the remake. I don't I don't know what happened in the nonsense remake, but like that sequence where they're like just all over each other and they're like, You're inside me and that's really great. I like to feel you on my nipples. <laughs> oh, anyways. So he doesn't want to feel his nipples. But Louis wants to run away and join the circus. Max is having a laugh attack right now. We'll just give him a moment. That shout out was for Joanna. Oh my god. So so Louis uh, wants to run away and join the circus, which is kind of like cliche. Yeah, I mean, I guess like all kids. In everybody the 90s. wants to run away to see yeah. the circus. All kids love dinosaurs. Everything's cliche in this film. Um, but in doing so, he has this bright idea to be like, well, wait, I want to go see my girl Cecilia. No, he doesn't know her. I thought he did. He doesn't know her. Okay, that's... No, basically, so here's here's what happens. I, okay, you tell me because I saw it differently. They're at the dock. Louis's like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. I got an idea. Because they need to get to the oh. Natural History Museum. But yes. he also needs to get to Central Park. They are very close to each other. If you live in New York, you know they're close to each yeah. other. That makes sense. Um, so he decides that... They are going to use the Macy's Day Parade and like the float nonsense to yeah. get the dinosaurs. Uh, you know, they were downtown, but they were walking the parade route and it goes downtown. So all even then, the geography of Manhattan doesn't really work. When they get to shore from the raft, they're yeah. downtown. They're at like the piers. Correct. But then at one point he jumps on the, uh, what's her face? Um the ty- the Elsa 
Oh, the, yeah, but... What but, is she? She's a... She's um, a pterodactyl. Pterodactyl, but there even we go. so, like, they are... The dinosaurs, they, they're not moving. They're, they still have to be downtown. Yeah. The parade starts from, what, like, 70-something? 70 72nd or something, something like that? Something like that. So it goes downtown. Correct. It's My going, point is... The, the geog- parade's going the wrong direction. Yeah, exactly. The parade's going the wrong direction. Yeah. Okay, that's a problem. Yeah, but you fine, got that I'll right. forgive it. Um, yeah, so basically, Louis, for some reason, goes flying with Elsa... The promiscuous. That's why I got. We missed. There's a beat and they're missing, and I'm pretty sure that's why you have a different story than I have in my head. Well, because I don't think they explained it. You know what? They probably. Here's the thing. They probably didn't explain it. They, they were probably just, like, just went flying. We're gonna introduce this little girl. Yeah, and then they find this this little girl who is. She like, looks like they they went to Wall Street, right? Doesn't that building look like something you'd see at Wall Street? It actually looks like the uh, the New Yorker Hotel. The New Yorker, that's yeah. specific. It looks like the well, it it does. I think it's supposed to be that um, building. I didn't get that. Um, and they find this girl who is like so rich, so rich, filthy rich, but she's alone, and so she also decides like not, to run away. Not just like sitting in a corner alone. Like at least what we're getting is that her parents are not even in the house. Like she, they left her for Thanksgiving. They said bye, Felicia, and she left suicidal? this. Is what do you mean? She's looking over, like, the side of the building, like, looking down. Is she about to jump? I think she was just sad, Max. I think she was suicidal. You think she's about to First Wives Club this shit? And I don't know what that means, but... Soccer Channing jumps at the beginning of the movie. Oof. The beginning of the movie? Yeah. Have you not seen First Wives Club? No. Oh, uh, did I just ruin it for people? I mean, it's at the beginning of the movie, so no. I guess not. Oh, Okay. And don't it's a very good movie, by the way. You should watch it. Um, <laughs> so, That's all I know. So for some reason, or somehow, he convinces this very lonely and obviously abused little girl named Cecile who's been left home alone. You know what's great, though? She's to like... To join him... Can I finish my thought oh, yeah, process? Go ahead. Go ahead. So she, <laughs> she is convinced that she's going to run away with him and with these four random large dinosaurs that she's not afraid of either. Yeah. She's totally cool with these dinosaurs. Maybe she's like, I'm so rich I could buy one. I don't know if you remember this. Um, the best, one of the best things to establish their relationship is that girl is like, oh my, oh, and she's like pseudo-British. Yeah. She's like pseudo-British. She's like, oh, my parents left That's a me. money accent. That's, I have yeah. money. Yeah. Well, to I, I hear that all the Louis. time at work. Uh, yeah, People she's like, all the my, time. my parents left me. They don't love me. And Louise's <laughs> response is, oh yeah, my parents love me too much. They, they always hug me and stuff. Ugh. You're an asshole. You Enabler. Manipulative. A little bit. Totally he wanted his way with her. Um, yeah, and so she just joins him for no reason. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're at the Macy's Day Parade. So they go to the Macy's Day Parade together, and to get them, like, trying to sneak them around, they join the parade, and no one seems nonetheless... Well, all the like, kids are, like, ev- like, in the moment, being like, I wish there was a real dinosaur here. Yeah, real dinosaurs would be great. We're all from New York. But what's even better is that now, because Rex is so excited of his new life, he gets an erection from all the kids. No. (laughs) You didn't didn't see the same movie as me. Unfortunately, I did. (laughs) So he breaks out into song. Yeah. Which is almost like a really bad version of the Tailspin theme song. Oh, yeah. How did the song go? Do you remember? It was like, take it back to the rock, 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 rock. You know what it kind of reminds me of? The song from Tarzan that Rosie O'Donnell does, but that one's better than this. Yeah. That's Phil Collins. That's why. 
Yeah, they should have gotten Phil Collins. What the hell his name is? Oh, well, all I remember is that Little Richard sang the song during the end credits. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They should have had him be the singing voice for Rex. Yeah. But anyway, so they break out into this song, which then gets... So so as crazy and as fantasyful as the story is, they seem to sort of toe the line of, like, trying to be realistic and trying to be, like, a cartoon. And... It just gets more and more absurd the deeper you get into the story because then all of a sudden, first these people are fooled by the fact that these dinosaurs are walking in front of them and they're like, wow, the Macy's Parade really stepped it up this year. They got a budget like no other because these dinosaurs look real. But they're balloons, right? They look like walking balloon animals. And so all of a sudden he starts singing and I'm like, well, maybe it's like a weird dream sequence. Like they're singing together and they're just going to walk through the parade. No, not at all. The crowd goers or the, the them watching the parade start singing along the kids are chanting with him it turns into this big musical number and then it ends with him popping a dinosaur balloon and they realize <laughs> oh fuck and that completely was a euphemism he popped his dinosaur balloon all over those kids like what? all over them sure <laughs> so that's what triggers them they got yeah. triggered they got triggered it's a very strong bad. thing nowadays i got triggered yeah um, so you're old. You've I'm never really sounded old. older. Sorry. Um, yeah, so, and then there's chaos. So there's a chaos. A massive police chase ensues, and it's nothing but stupidity. Yeah, the dinosaurs are riding motorcycles. The size they of learn, the dinosaurs They're change. so smart. Yeah, they're so smart they can drive. Yeah, they're like like at first they would like crush a motorcycle, and then they are the correct size to ride a motorcycle. Oh, and then the uh, the triceratops ends up with with. Uh, hot dogs on his horns again because apparently we need to see that again yeah. and the the new york cops are dumb enough that and i'm not saying that they're dumb i'm saying in the film they're portrayed this way that they think they can attack dinosaur with nothing but a nightstick so there's all these like cops running out with nightsticks and they're just driving around their cars you don't think you would call the military i honestly don't i don't remember that i think i was starting to zone out i was watching moment. i was like what are they doing yeah. i was like i get the car chasing thing but then they have them trying to surround the dinosaurs with nothing but nightsticks in their hands and i guess yeah. they're trying to hide the fact of guns and stuff like that which yeah. is cool but realistically, if you're going to be a little bit dark, then pull out the fucking tanks and the helicopters and call the National Guard. Like, that would have been a little bit more grounded. Oh, but uh, CM, the plot, and, you know, th- that's why they weren't at the Natural History Museum before and the movie. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So in all the chaos, um, they just at some up point, they, get they end up in a building. Up. But here's the thing. So Louis, I guess, in Cecile's eyes, is like this big, smart, strong man now because he survived the police oh. chase. And she wraps herself in his coat and becomes a oh, sex kitten. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. Yeah, so basically everybody wants to have sex with Louis. It's Everyone weird. Everyone wants to have sex with Louis. It's weird. Rex does. Cecilia does. Dr. Screw something wants to. He wants to screw him hard. I think the clown gets a boner at one point. Oh, like, my God. Everybody wants to have sex with this kid from Brooklyn. And it's it's, it's, the, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. And even if that wasn't the creator's intention of this movie. Shame on you, creators. No, this is what we're getting as a first impression from one person that's never seen it. And another that saw it as a child who wasn't you know, of the mindset to actually read into everything. And obviously it scarred him, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, very sad. This podcast is your fault. Dun, dun, dun. So they end up in a building, it explodes, and then they get 
uh, the building explodes. Yeah, I remember and that's how they like they get like shot into Central oh, Park. They get set in, into a very haunted Central Park. I mean, this Central Park is full of like. Well, this is still I guess tons of trees and bushes. Everyone and... was like terrified of Central Park. It's like oh, after dark, it's t- it's scary. Yeah, they meet it's like so a hooker scary. and some druggies. This it was really same, weird. It's the same Central Park uh, that Kevin McAllister finds himself in in Home Alone too. You know, like it, oh, after yeah. dark, yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's like all yeah. of the drug addicts, yeah. all of the the uh, the drag queens. Yeah. You know, but the way that they animated it, they again, there's a way to bridge animation and reality. I feel like as they're walking into the park, we can see it from just a natural um, point of view or of eyesight, where it's, it's just literally a park. But then the children start to see little things like shadows and stuff that start to freak them out, and it becomes a dark place. And then they meet these three people that are really random and have no purpose. Yeah, they're like three goths, you know? and Louis tries to fight them, and yeah. they're like, no. Actually, I kind of like those characters, because they literally just walk away and are like, what's wrong with the you? The stupid kid. Go yeah. away. We just are here to... It was a stupid scene. It was it's, unnecessary. It's bizarre. They set this whole thing like the circus... Everyone is going to the circus because they want to be scared. Yeah. And I think this, like, goes into this whole, like, deal of, you know, like, what audiences wanted with extremism in the 90s. And, like, uh, you know, like, like that's when things got, like, gorier and bloodier. And, yeah. you know, I that's, that's one of the things about this movie. I know that there's stuff that they wanted to, like, to tell the audience. They wanted to, you know, like, create... They almost want to say we are losing what it is to dream and have like chi- childlike hope, and we are replacing it with carnage and and hate and fear. But the movie itself is garbage. Yeah. So it's like I see it, but this was a waste of a movie yeah. to try to do this with. So as Max said, it's the kids go to the circus. They meet a very abused Stubbs the clown, who's abused by his. Essentially, the ringleader and the guy, the creator of it, Professor Screw Eyes. Who we've been told is the bad guy of the movie. Who is the, the bad guy. Very beginning. The very he's beginning. the brother. He's a bad man. And so the kids still want to join the circus. And at some point, they're split off from the dinosaurs. And I don't remember how that happened. But the kids, in order to join the circus, have to sign a contract. And this is where it gets a little dark again. Because now Screw Eyes is asking them to sign with blood. Well, everything about Screw Eyes is way too dark for this movie. That's it's the thing. It's really dark. It was 10 minutes prior to meeting this guy that, you know, a T-Rex was tap dancing at the Macy's Day Parade. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Like, this this movie's movie is only an hour and 10 minutes. It's all over the place. It goes into, like, like extremism like you wouldn't believe. And so with Screw Eyes, when, like, he is, like, getting them to sign this contract, very, like, he's the devil. I, I think... We're supposed to understand he's the devil. Yeah. You know, like, New Eyes is God. From heaven. And, like, his brother is supposed to be the, the devil. Yeah. So, yeah, he, like, Louis is, like, entranced by this contract out of nowhere. And Cecilia think, looks at him and she's like, okay. And there's something about drugs. It's, like, peer pressure and drugs because Screw Eyes has like a very like a drug kind of like theme going on with him and that's how he affects them yeah Yeah, exactly he like hypnotizes and, them in a yeah, weird way and they go into like this this drug-ridden stupor and then all of a sudden they, they sign with blood new eyes like pokes louis finger he touches it to the contract blood 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 contract cecilia is like well i guess i'll do it too she pokes her own finger because yeah. she's an idiot, and then he <laughs> puts it onto the paper. Stupid bitch. And then, and then all of a sudden they're under contract, and then of course the dinosaurs they show up. They show up, up and a they're like, later. Whoa, 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 what happened? 
What happened oh, here? Oh no, that's the bad guy. You're Did in you a not dark tent with a scary man it's with a like, wonky eye. Yeah, you should be in a private tent with this T-Rex and this. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So the Professor Screwize reveals to the dinos that in order for the children to be released from their contract and saved, the dinos need to take again a drug, a pill that will revert them to becoming their dangerous selves again so that he can use them as monsters in his fear show. This is because he has his own um, radio machine, which reads people's greatest fears, and he uses that to entertain. And he gets that's how he gets his jolly. So the dinosaurs eventually agree. They agree. They take the pill. They become big and scary. The, the kids have become monkeys by this point. Yeah. And, you know, I, I read that in the trailer, if you watch the trailer... There's uh, a clip of a scene that they actually cut in the in, in the final version of the film because they had shown screw eyes chaining up the, the dinosaurs and stuff like that, and it was seen as too violent. Uh, so they actually took that out. That's too violent. So suppo- yeah, I know. When I read like that, I was like, stuff. uh, they oh took God. drugs, they pricked their fingers with blood. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, uh, so, I mean, you know, not to belabor this little section of the movie basically like you know the dinosaurs all of a sudden are becoming their their dinosaur selves uh what god intended them to be another shout out to Anne. Oh god. um <laughs> and uh and then louis and cecilia get cecile they're cecilia, caged somewhere whatever. no well they wake up and they're like yay the day is great the clown comes he becomes a character for some reason Stubbs. I, he, I think he's um, there basically to let them out to be like hey you're free you're, you're free from your contract he's, he's literally a plot point yeah and then he lets them know oh by the way your friends are now no longer your friends and then they have to rescue them from so, like the yeah. actual show so louis and cecile are like we're gonna rescue them and Stubbs is like you know what i'm gonna help you and yeah. so they go to the show, and we watch <gasps> a brief clip of the show itself. Oh, my God. You know, remember how I was saying? Okay, so here's here's the thing. Um, before the show begins, Louis and Cecilia – Cecilia or Cecile? Cecilia. Cecilia. I think I keep cutting it off. All right, so Louis and Cecilia um, are in disguise. They are dressed up as, like, little demons. And I couldn't help but oh, notice yeah. that, like, uh, Louis – or Cecilia – is kind of dressed almost like like a dog, like a tan type of dog, and Louie is like an ape, but his the shape of his body is kind of like a stubby cat-ish like oh. thing. And I was like, that's supposed to be Ren and Stimpy. Did they, he produce those? No, or? not at all. But it kind of makes sense if you're trying to say like, hey, the the media that we have, the world that we live in, is getting way too like extreme and violent and gross. Ren and Stimpy was like a big thing and it was very like graphic in Fair certain enough. ways. So I think that was like kind of going along those lines. Yeah. It's like a burn towards Nickelodeon and Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong, but like I'm telling you, if you, if you watch the movie and you see these costumes, you're like, Oh, it's, it's, them. it's Ren and Stimpy. It, do, it did look like it. Yeah. Um, so, so and the, I mean like what happens? We see, they like, witness the, they witness the screw eyes, scaring people and, Audience members are running out of the tents because they're so scared. And um, at one point, he releases um, Rex, who's now a t- just a tyr- Tyrannosaurus Rex, um, releases him from his chains and then loses control of him. And so he becomes a little bit scared himself. So now the dinosaurs are out of control. And get this, Louis comes along and saves the day. This little kid saves the day with a little love and a hug. So no no he caresses his knee. 
<laughs> it's so weird, and he's like just staring at him, and it's like it's such a bizarre moment. It's it's the idea of love, but it's just Ugh. like I'm sorry if love could fix any any drugs, um, there wouldn't be heroin addicts. Wow, that was so insensitive. Heroin addicts. <laughs> but you know what I mean? That's what I was thinking. Only because there are so many, like, you're going to eat the cereal with this in it. Then you're going to, you know, take this pill to make you this way. Like, and then all of a sudden a hug and, a, and some love cures it all. Because then Cecilia is, like, running around hugging all the dinosaurs. And they're all turning back to their na- nice, happy selves again. Yeah. It's a sweet idea. <laughs> Excuse me. It's a sweet idea. But at the same time, I feel like it... It's again. It's just badly written. Yeah. It's not. It's not strong enough to, to solve the issue it, because it, you've revealed this guy who's really fucking dark. And if he's a scientist as strong and as smart as his brother, you know, it shouldn't be as easy as a hug. Yeah. I. There should have um, been another forty minutes of a movie there. I think again. I think that like they just this movie's all over the place. They they were like we have to finish it. We have to end it somehow. Oh okay, yeah. Let's just do this because like in kids movies, love solves everything. And I guess that's what we're trying to say with it so okay the only whatever. place that works is the Care Bear movie I, I don't I've never seen that one either I don't know they do it with their bellies they I, shoot I out rainbows like that also happened with Transformers though I think really I think so I think I Love I don't think I ever saw that Optimus Prime back to life <clears throat> I uh, yeah I haven't seen that um, me neither actually uh, so and then, so then to wrap it all up, all of a sudden Captain New Eyes, the brother, Deus shows Ex Machina, up. Totally Deus Ex Machina comes out of the heavens. Yeah, he totally he does in Boom, his arm. Boom! Like comes, standing over his, his brother. Arc, they free the dinosaurs. They 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 <clears throat> uh, kind of like ruin the circus. Everyone ruin the leaves. circus, and since everyone's gone, he's left with everyone's fears. And Screw Eyes becomes very scared. Well, and he, he becomes okay, very so, dark, and wait, he's like eaten by no, darkness. No, and I love that moment. That's actually one of the moments. Again, it does not belong in this movie. I know. I do love this moment though. So basically, uh, new eyes and you know the kids and the dinosaurs—they're like getting beamed up into this ship. And he's like, you know, brother, if you want, you can come with. You just have to be like a good dude. And Screw Eyes is like, nah, I could never. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. And he's like, yeah, all right, it sucks to be you, nerd. And then they just kind of go up together, and all of a sudden the light, like, you know, all light goes away. And I'm not the quote person i i didn't do any research but i did just look this up because i kind of love it it is a spotlight on screw screw eyes is that actually yeah. his name it's professor screw eyes. screw eyes yeah spotlight on him <clears throat> you just have crows circling around which him. is cool I, it is very cool it's so simple and he screams brother brother wait when i'm all alone when i have no one to scare i get very frightened myself and the crows descend on him and engulf him and he's gone and it is so cool. It's a cool moment. But it does not belong in this movie whatsoever. It doesn't work. It 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 didn't earn it. That's what it was. It's not that it wouldn't work. It just didn't earn it. It bravo to that moment. It's my favorite yeah, moment it's a of the movie. Yeah, beautiful moment. Um yeah, I just I wish it was in a different movie. Yeah. Um and so then So now the grand plan is revealed. They go to the Natural History Museum and the big plan is revealed by Dr. Bleeb that they're going to be hidden away in a secret room where parents are not allowed. Only the children can come in. They're going to pretend they're statues, and then they're going to come alive. So this whole time, the... And, uh, and the kids have to keep it a secret. The kids have they, to keep it a secret. It's, and it here's is, my thing. I feel like New Eyes drugged them, brought them from the past to only imprison them again in the Natural History Museum for the entertainment of children. That's your bigger part? It's that's Jurassic Park. No, no. Here's the bigger problem. I've made jokes about, like, 
you know, abusing kids, sexual abuse By the abuse way, that's the end of the kids. movie, by, by the way. It is, it is so unbelievably, like, glaring and how uncomfortable it, it is. You know, we're not going to tell the parents that the dinosaurs are alive, and then they're going to go into a small little room, secluded, and the kids have to keep <laughs> it a secret, and we're not going to say what goes on. It's like, what? Who wrote this? Yeah. What happened to you as a kid? It's, Were you it's, involved it's with the Catholic Church? What's happening? Mm. Anyway. Um, that's Oy vey. The, and the then, the, oh, and then we go back to the present. No, right? but here's the best part. So oh. there's a tagline at the very end of the movie. Yeah. And Professor New Eyes is, of course, voiced by Walter Cronkite. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, before that. Um, oh, what? Uh, the, the, is this, we're still in the past in the moment? Are you saying Walter Cronkite's quote? Yeah. He says at the end of every yeah. newscast. So can I finish my thought? Go ahead. And then I got one. So this is a quote that he says at the closing of every CBS Evening News. And he says, and that's the way it is. Wow. I didn't do that very well. He does it better than I do. But well, he's um, dead. He can't do it at all oh, now. He's been dead forever. 2009? No. Walter Cronkite died in 2009? I think so, yeah, because his wife was in 2005. I, I did some research. <laughs> um, so he, yeah, so he, they ended the film with a tagline that he used on all his shows. What were you going to say? Was it that you found out I was going in that direction or you thought no. I was going somewhere else? No, not at all. I was going to say, and then we go uh, back to the present and Rex is finishing his story with this bird that still doesn't matter. Uh, and he just mentions, and he's like, oh, and by the way, Louie made up with his parents and Cecilia made up with her parents. And they show you like photos and yeah, like all of a sudden yeah. Cecilia's parents are there. <laughs> at one point in the movie, they show you a photo. She's at like family day and she's sitting in the center of this photo like tons of families around her and she's the only person at the table That's in the center table. totally by herself it's black and white they show you the same photo then with her parents there i think maybe she just had a psychotic breakdown and then you know like uh, that's what was in her mind so the way that she saw everything was that she was completely alone yeah this whole movie again takes if the place movie were longer they could they could explain these things yeah um, but um so Oh, and then so, uh, you find I, out that Rex is playing golf on the top of the no, but Museum. your favorite moment you and I both both gasped, and it's when the tire, um, Elsa uh, or Ella, what's her name? That fucking name. Oh, the pterodactyl. Pterodactyl. She's like, yes, Rex ran me. She no, she says, and I quote, because I wrote it down so fast. I was like, oh my god, this is how this movie ends. Okay, this this woman says, this woman dinosaur says to male Rex man. The way you talk to me makes me want to lay an egg. Oh, God. Excuse me. Oh, I blocked it out. Excuse me. <laughs> Max is gagging. That's a weird gag sound. Ugh. Isn't it more like... No, that's yours. That's like a... No. Yours is too much. <laughs> Whose gag do you like better? Mine? No, mine's not really a gag. Mine's like a, a moaning, like moaning Myrtle watching, oh, you know, okay. like... You know Moaning Myrtle was homophobic, so, like, two of the gay Hogwarts students just going at it in the baths. God. she was like, Really? Really, Max? Really? This is my hell. Oh, my God. All right, so so now that... You haven't read my Moaning Myrtle fan fiction? No. (laughs) So now that we've, like, peed and pooed all over this movie, um, here are some small, quick, like, trivia fun facts, all right? So one big one that really kind of made me chuckle was... Um, I'm going to pose this question to Max, and you guys, of course, are included. Which big star, especially of the 90s, was left with a bad taste in their mouth over creative differences regarding um, his role and the film overall? Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, Do I have a scarf from him? 
Oh, you do now. See, so you did some research. I, I did. I did. Who is it? I, I, John Malkovich. Okay, so yeah. John Malkovich said the scope of the script was not fully realized and that the final product was subpar, to say the least. So he thought that it basically was an early yeah. uh, 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 example for him of studio interference. Yeah, and yeah, and I, he was quoted as saying in like a very rare interview that, yeah, projects like We're Back, A Dinosaur Story, they must um, they just make me sick. That's why I left this town. It's all about the money, the bottom line. It's disgusting. Isn't that crazy? I mean, but he, we thought it was subpar too. He's not wrong. No, he's like, not wrong. It's... This movie had a lot of potential. Yeah. I'm sure they were. I'm sure he thought it was going to be something much yeah. different. Um, yeah. you know, Do you yeah, think? So here's the thing. Here's another thing that I found out, and and maybe this is why uh, they couldn't figure out how long or how much they wanted to include in it, and it was like super in depth, but not because at some point they originally were planning this to be a TV special. It wasn't going to be a movie, which explains the the time length and maybe. You know, maybe that's why it, it was so watered down. I don't know. But originally it was meant to be that. I just, honestly, I think this movie was a mess. <clears throat> yeah. Like, you know something, like, plenty of problems arose during oh, yeah. production. Um, and here's just something funny. Um, so to, pro- to, mo- to promote the movie's release, a giant helium balloon of the Rex, of Rex from the cartoon movie, um, was included in the real-life 1993 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. But unfortunately, as the parade moved through Columbus Circle, high winds caught the balloon and caused it to list over onto a sidewalk. The head of Rex, the balloon, struck a protruding streetlight and popped. But the rest of the dinosaur body remained inflated until the end of the parade. So there was a headless Rex. And then coincidentally, in the actual movie, there is a scene where Rex accidentally pops a dinosaur balloon in the Macy's Parade. How funny is that? Wow. It's like karma. Life imitates art. Basically, I guess. Say. Right? So, so, um... I say let's end this with our our good question. Would you like to go first? Oh, our our good our good question. Oh yes. Um. So we are going to decide if we should reboot this movie or let it rest in peace. R.I.P. Uh, I am, without any doubts in my mind, <laughs> going to say, let it die. Don't don't reboot this movie. Don't do anything like it. It's the it's it's disgusting. <laughs> This movie's disgusting. There's no way you can make this Ugh. without it just being really weird. And maybe it's because of this whole, uh, I don't know, what's it called? Uh, Michael Jackson, child pornography. Oh, that's been happening uh, since then. Everyone who's outraged the, now, the it's big, like, guys, this has been happening yeah, since at least the 90s. Get over it. It's, it's a little dark. It even, it even goes to tones of, like, children trying to run away and then getting pulled into, like, sex trafficking, which is a huge issue right the, now. That's my that's my whole thing. And, like, all jokes aside, I, I think if you were to do anything remotely like this movie, uh, the relationship between the dinosaurs and the kids is just, it's it's unsettling. It's, it's, it's unsettling. Yeah. Um, Honestly, they didn't need all four of those dinosaurs either. No, they could have been just Rex. Totally. Yeah, the other three are totally forgettable. Could have been just Rex and just Louie, for that matter. They didn't need the girl. That was taking it in a different yeah, direction. So it's bizarre. either let him go to Cecile to help her or help Louie. You can't help all three. Because in the end, she's just a tag-along. Yeah. They don't really explain how she's fixed, how her family's fixed. What, she came home happy because she was safe from a cir- circus and met some dinosaurs no, in a museum? No, Rex at the end mentions that they get into a relationship, which again is so weird. It's vague. Talk about the sexualization what? of kids. Like, Oh, you're talking like, about the Louis and Cecile at the end. Yeah, gotcha. they're like on a boat, on a date. and it's which, like Why did we like, need to know like that? Eight. Why did we need to know we that? We didn't. Anyway, guys, that was our episode on We're Back, a dinosaur tale? Story. A dinosaur story. 
a garbage story. Oh. Um, as always, thank you guys for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on and leave us a review. We sincerely appreciate that. You can always follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Revisit and Ruin or write us at revisitandruin at gmail.com. CM, if I was to be uh, force-fed brain crunch, brain crunch? I would hope that we would share a hot dog meal together. Brain crunch sounds better. Um, it was brain grain cereal. Um, but um, I would hope to share with you maybe an Eggs Benedict. That has nothing to do with this movie. No, you just pop a pill in it like screw eyes. Oh, but then we'd become monkeys. You'd be lacing it like I'd roofie you or something. Well, that's, that's a tale for another time. Yeah. Goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks.